Welcome to Leap Listens. I'm Sarah McGregor. And I'm Roger Kalis. Leap Listens is brought to you by Leap Create. We're a people communications agency and we help organisations communicate to their candidates and employees through creative storytelling. Today's guest is a well-known and very well-respected industry figure. He has worked as a creative director in many of the top agencies before founding his own agency, Tonic, 10 years ago. Leap Listens welcomes Mark Hawley. Thanks for having me. Uh, Really excited to be here and uh, have a chat today. Mark, today we're going to be asking the very bold question of do employer brands really exist? And just to frame that, I guess we're saying, do they really exist in the same way that consumer brands do? I've been pondering it for around 20 years. And when you you think back to, you know, the early noughties, which I know I'm going back a long way, but... You know, there was a place and there was a, a thing, if you like, that was called employer brand, but it wasn't really recognized. It was seen as employer marketing. It was seen as something which you used for recruitment only. It eventually meant that it was put in kind of a little box to say we have a we have an employer brand. And the construct of the employer brand, I don't necessarily believe really exists anymore. So Mark, can you expand why you think that is? Because we've got to a point now where people consume things in many different ways. And their, I guess, experience of a brand, whether that be emotively or socially or structurally, any of those sorts of things, that experience of the brand they have, it kind of informs how they might feel about an organisation, whether they consciously or subconsciously know it or not. And whereas before the employer brand or the employer marketing was always kind of connected to within certain media, it was always in the back of the press, for example, or it was always in a careers website, or it was always on specific social channels and, you know, or within certain careers fairs or job boards, it's it's diverged. And because of that divergence, you've got this, you've got this thing now, which I believe is just brand. Um, And it's a voice which, you know, where however you consume it and whatever you're talking about, you know, your audience doesn't really distinguish anymore between, well, that's about a job or mm-hmm. that's about a product or that's about an organisation. It's it's Nike talking to me or it's um, you know, the Met Police talking to me or it's Adavinta talking to me. It's not necessarily so divided anymore. That's really interesting to hear you say that, Mark. And I believe that you've got these strong vocational professions like the police or nursing or being a teacher where there's a strong reason to believe in doing that profession and then you've got really well-known brands where they become aspirational places to work by virtue of the strength of the the product but what about those organizations that have neither of those things which let's face it is most businesses yeah i think that comes down to um, really having a clear point of view because no matter what what organization or industry you work in I would like to believe that there's a reason that you're there. You know, whether you're selling a widget, you know, or whether you're keeping people safe, you know, no matter what you're doing, there's a reason for it, whatever that reason is. Mm. And I think that reason needs to manifest in what I would describe as just a really clear point of view. What's the purpose of the organisation? If there isn't a purpose, let's find it. So we had a brief just a few weeks ago. Um, and a client asked us, you know, we'd love you to help us develop your, our EVP. And we're like, brilliant. Okay, you're a management consultancy. Who are you? What do you do? 
and they couldn't answer the question. So we then worked, went, so we went back a step and said, right, let's define your point of view in the world. How do you stand up against your competition? How do you stand up against people outside of your you know, immediate sphere of influence? So that, and what's your point of view on the world that means that, you know, it's kind of how you work, not just as much about what you mm-hmm. do. It's, it's about driving a kind of a sense of, of whether it's about relationship or whether it's about, um, the, the quality of the product. You know, if you think about Apple, everyone looks at them and goes, oh, they're a brilliant tech business. They're a hardware business, you know, and, but they've sold it in like we're a tech business and everyone thinks it's really cool. And, you know, and so fundamentally, it's about getting right the way down into, um, in my mind, it's about getting down to, you know, why did we start this in the first place? Uh, or why are we here? And actually, what do we do that, that people can connect with? So as agencies, what do you see as our role in helping clients connect with their audiences and building their brand? For years, agencies have developed employer brands around two things, the emotive reasons for joining or for connecting with the organisation and the functional reasons that you should consider it. But if you think about it, and we go back to that point around, is it an employer brand or is it a brand? It means there are more ways or there are more things that we should consider in terms of how we get people to bond or connect to us and create that sense of loyalty. And so when you are an organization that um, doesn't necessarily have, at this point, or you don't believe you have a kind of a purpose in the world, or you can't really see your point of view, if you think about, all right, well, how do we get people to feel and experience something that personally connects to them? How do we do something that delivers potential social benefit? Or how do we show something that, is hard to get anywhere else or even it's a good deal it's a good financial deal um you know um and it can be just as simple as that you know there are lots of organizations where people will move for an extra pound an hour you know and they're not connected emotionally they're not connected socially but they are connected structurally and financially so that's and that's fine um in many respects but you know, again, what I, what I kind of see is a lot of organisations, because purpose is almost the new black, right? It's it like, is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, where's, what's our purpose in life? Yeah. What do we do? How do we, how do we behave? What do people want to hear from us? And that's only, but that's only one part of the story, because if you don't have the structural piece to say, you know, this is the kind of organisation that we are, this is how we train, this is how we develop, this is what we believe in terms of DE&I and gender and all those sorts of things. People will go, well, it's great that you're that you're kind of had this wonderful purpose about X, but why doesn't stack up? Yeah, that sounds familiar. And so really the employer brand then isn't an employer brand, it's about brand reputation. It lifts mm. up into a reputational story that says, emotively I feel connected to this. Socially, I can see there's a there is some form of purpose to, to what they're doing. Structurally, I can see they're an organization that actually has a lot to offer. And financially, you know, I can see it's a good deal. The best employer brands build reputation, the best brands build reputation. It's not a transaction because that basically says, you give me your time, I will give you some money. It's funny you should say that because one of our guests, Susan Lamotte, CEO of Exacrio, talked about this very thing moving beyond the transactional to more relationship-based approach. It's really interesting, actually, because one of the things that we're discovering through the research that we're doing is that we're actually uncovering issues that are sort of business related um, and we can't paper over those with messaging and, um, you know, creative solution. So, Mark, are you finding the same issues when you're doing your research? 
a, a lot of our work at the moment is moving not just in the kind of talent space you know we're also doing a lot of b2b content and a lot of b2b brand work because the line is so blurred now yes. uh, between the two you then you know organizations are saying well you know us so well you know how our people tick and there's that old phrase in there people are our most important asset absolutely yeah you know there are you know, whilst there are kind of there is a brand voice that you then tune to different groups whether it's the talent group corporate group consumer group whatever it might be you know there is there is still two voices within the organization there's the organizational voice of x organization and then there are the people voice and actually what marketing people have you know what marketing teams have now seen and, and curries are doing it brilliantly well at the moment you know they 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 realize that their employees that their colleagues as they call it mm-hmm. are, are kind of they're, they're, they're front and center in all of their brand work because you don't go and buy a washing machine from Curry's. You go and buy it from Dave, who helped you, or mm. Sarah, who helped you, understand what that is a new you can do. So they've put colleagues right at the front of their brand marketing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's interesting, isn't it? And everyone, everyone remembers Howard from the Halifax, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that, right? And I think what, what's happened with the pandemic, certainly, I can't believe it's two years, but you know, <laughs> uh, going back two years now, but, you know, organisations started looking at themselves saying, you know, it's not enough anymore just to try and sell stuff, uh, whatever that stuff might be. You know, actually, we've got our people and our culture is what's really important. And I remember having a conversation with a client and she was like, it's wonderful. All of these tech people are really starting to join us now well, because they've all they've all been kicked out of the places they're in. And I think it's great. But be, beware, you've got an attrition problem coming down the line. Yeah. Because as soon as it starts opening up again, and I didn't know it was going to be called the Great Resignation, but I, I remember saying it to her. And I didn't, I didn't call the Great did Resignation. You, Don't you, get you right. coined the phrase. That's Absolutely. it. You heard it here first. No, no, no. That's Mark. No, definitely not. But I did, but you do kind of get. But it's natural, right? It's common. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. If, if people are just taking jobs because they need one, because again, there is that. If you think about the bonds, there is. Yeah, they're looking for the financial bond this time. It's purely yeah. about going. I need some money because I've got my mortgage to pay. Or I've got bills to pay. Well, Mark, you're echoing so many of the sentiments of previous guests. Whether that's about people feeling genuinely aligned to their organisation's purpose or um, the dynamics of the relationship during the pandemic. So given everything that you've said, how can we as agencies better serve our clients? So I think the first answer to that is that from an agency perspective, it's about embracing the entire brand and not just thinking about it from mm. a talent point of view. Thinking about you know, understanding really what the organisation's DNA really is um, so that we can understand what those connective bonds are. Secondly, we, we as, an age, as agencies, we have a horrible way of saying to our clients, we, we're going to save you money by doing this. And it immediately becomes a reductive proposition for right. the organization. What marketing agencies will do is say, I will help you sell your product or create this thing, which will make you more money and affect your bottom line more positively for your shareholders, mm. for, your, for your business, whatever it might be. But what agencies do in our market, and actually what talent acquisition people do in our market a lot, some of the time, is most of the time, is think, you know, can it save me? Can it save me money? Can it save me money on third party recruiting? Can it save me money in hiring? Can it save me time? Can it save my attrition? And it becomes a reductive proposition because it's not because it's not fundamentally aligned to what the business objectives are. It's aligned to what the talent objective is only. 
And when you think more broadly about, okay, how can we positively affect the bottom line for this organization and actually add value to this organization, it means our proposition for brand from a talent perspective becomes a progressive one in that it makes it's a positive it's a positive value add rather than a reductive proposition of which you go to a CEO and say, give me two hundred grand, I want to save you a hundred, and say, well, I'll just give you a hundred, I won't spend yeah, the other. No, that's a, <laughs> that's a, do you know what? Well, as as you were saying that, I I was thinking it is about that adding value, and it's a massively overused phrase, but you're absolutely right, and I suppose there is that sense, isn't there, that when it's recruitment marketing, what you're often doing is pitching it against a recruitment agency. It's like, okay, so your recruitment agency agency fees on this role is x you know by doing this you can say y and as you say that becomes this kind of this measurable this tangible thing that you can demonstrate your worth i think the challenge that we have and i guess comes back full circle to the question about whether employer brands truly exist in the same way as consumer brands do is that it's much more difficult to show that roi quickly isn't it that bang for your buck quickly yeah. because because so, that might take time sometimes those things are more difficult to measure um and it's uh, if you're kind of fighting against the marketing budget pounds then it's a slightly more difficult um yeah argument to prove so that that's kind of like where that comes from but it's that you're absolutely right you know you need to make it a, a progressive proposition which is adding value to the organization and meeting the strategic objectives not just saving them some cash on some hires yeah and, it, and it's got to be an enduring journey you know if you think about the investment that organizations make in their brand you know, there aren't many organizations that make the same you know, investment in their employer brand because yeah, what they end up, or, or their people brand, or talent brand, because what they end up doing is thinking about it reductively, thinking about saving money, um, and then thinking, you know, I need to do this because I've got to hire a bunch of people. And so it becomes a, what I would describe as a firework. It, you know, this thing goes up, and everyone goes, oh, <laughs> that's nice. And it's gone again. That's a great analogy, Mark. I've not heard of that before. But if you want to be a true brand agency that, that is affecting the way that organizations hire and retain people and you want to be consultative in that way you've got to structure yourself in a way that reflects the way mainline agencies work and that means having people that really do think and understand data how do you really understand where we are now where we are going to be in the next year 18 months and until we until agencies stop thinking transactionally about it um, and actually thinking more brand and more consultative i think there's it, it's got you take a while to change and that's when organizations will start to see the value Look, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. You made so many good points there. And I, I was really nodding along because you're echoing so many of the threads that other people from around and within this industry uh, are saying. And it's just, you know, just really, really great to have you on. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Um, always a pleasure to talk to you anyway. But no, it's been really good to, to chat today. Brilliant, Mark. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Mark. Well, that was really interesting, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I think distinguishing between employer brand and brand when actually as a consumer and someone applying for a job, they're just looking at a brand like at Nike or at Tesco. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's still a little bit of a way to go. And I think we still see those things as differentiated, but they're certainly coming closer yes. to closer together. Yeah. And that's that's a theme that we're starting to hear. So yeah. it's, it's good to open up the discussion. Absolutely. Yes. Good. Right, well, um, until the next time. Thanks for listening.